Day and welcome to the Pandemi Show. Stories of the Pandemi for people living in the Pandemi. No one is alone on the Pandemi Show. Thanks for joining us as we unite humanity through stories of hope, connection, and community in the face of the global pandemic. We are all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Thanks for taking a moment to like, subscribe, and follow the Pandemi Show on social media. Welcome back to episode 96 of the Pandemic Show, where we work to unite humanity with stories of shared experience. Happy Black History Month to everybody. And thanks for joining us here today on the Pandemic Show. Stories of the Pandemic for the people of the Pandemic. No one's alone on the Pandemic Show. We have a very special guest who lives near the Grand River in Kitchener, Ontario. Who are you? <laughs> Thanks for having me. My name is Kat Van Groove. You and I have been friends for a long time through the music community. I live in Kitchener and like a lot of people might know me uh, through the work that I've done with drumming. I live with my husband, Chris. We have a couple of dogs. I work in town. I'm a senior manager of a global communications team. So I kind of have a dual I've kind of gone back and forth between that marketing communication and music and then back and then you know sometimes both at the same time Kat Van Groove I am so grateful for you joining us today to share your story through the pandemic and yeah I absolutely know Kat from her work in drumming in Waterloo Region over the last 20 years I've been very fortunate to participate in drum circles and drumming events around the Kitchener-Waterloo area. In 2019, fall of 2019, I remember going to Victoria Park onto the island where Kat led a community drum session every Thursday evening. So Kat, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Pandemic Show. And I just want to take a moment to say I am recording this interview on the Upper Canada Treaty Territory on the traditional home of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, and Chung Unkton, Keepers of the Deer. We've talked to many, many artists over the last three seasons of the pandemic. We're now mid-pandemic, season four. Seems like we're in the psychological phase of the pandemic. The great reopening happened in 2022. We haven't had a lockdown in a year. This year, things are still open. And it seems with vaccination and time and knowledge, we're just chugging through this respiratory global pandemic. But can you tell us how did the pandemic change your life? Well, that's such a good question. I'm sure everybody has their own story. So for me, it changed with my job was suddenly remote. And I live two blocks from my workplace. So it's kind of felt funny to be working from home so close to work. But I realized a lot of really good benefits from it, just having the quiet, more quiet and for writing, a much better creative atmosphere to be working from home. I have a little office upstairs. My dogs fall asleep at my feet while I'm working. It was a privilege 
it still is because I know a lot of people had to go out when it was very scary. And for some people, it could still be. And I totally get that. I'm a huge, huge advocate of masking and being safe and focusing on clean air and ventilation, protecting not only yourself, but protecting people who are immunocompromised or kids or the elderly, just protecting each other because COVID is serious and you don't want to get it too many times. So... There, you can't get it an infinite number of times. Yeah. I really like how you identified your privilege during the initial 2020 time of uncertainty. Like, can mm-hmm. you get COVID cooties from touching a door handle that somebody touched? You know, and now we understand more yeah. it's a respiratory type of thing. You don't need to be as worried about it on a surface, but we've learned so much. I like how you identified that your privilege because it seems like there were so many unsung heroes of the pandemic thinking mainly about low-income workers people that didn't have the opportunity to work from home think a lot about the importance of migrant workers of foreign Mm -hmm. workers here in ontario who've been helping the rest of us get through this so yeah very astute comment Kaden. how do you think the world was changed by the covid pandemic i'll share something that happened so in my workplace which is global. We have people all over the world who are employees. At first, if you think back, we thought, so in January and February of 2020, this was happening in China. And so we did something to reach out because I'm in global communications. And so we did this whole thing where all employees took pictures of themselves holding signs of support is what we called it. And we are wishing people, you know, strength and take care and stay safe during the pandemic without any irony, without realizing that in two months, we would be in the exact same situation. So when that hit, it was like, oh, wow, right? Another privilege thing of feeling insulated, right? It was just something happening across the other side of the world at first. I remember the week of March 13th, it was Friday the 13th that that week. On the Tuesday, I said to somebody, what's the big deal? We only have 79 cases in Canada. Yeah. Word for word, that's what I said. And by Friday, I was like, my team's going remote. It was officially decided on the Monday, the 16th. But I told my little team, we're out of here. We're working from home. And then it was formalized on the Monday. But that's how fast things change. Like, I don't know, did it? Do you feel that same thing for you? Just thinking back on it, you heard about it overseas and then eventually just got here. And I feel like my family, my mom and her partner, senior citizens who I ended up bubbling with, I think we had COVID February 2020. Both my mom and her partner, Jim, were in getting x-rays for pneumonia-like symptoms, which were very consistent with, with the first wave of COVID. And then I myself contracted the virus the unknown, undiagnosed virus, which we believe was COVID in March. And I was just so weak and coughing. And so we feel that we had it be right when it became a thing, right before the lockdown. And then I have, I did get it season three last year, confirmed case. I had been visiting some friends, like we were going through the great reopening last summer. So I went north of Peterborough to visit some old friends. I ended up feeding a deer. I was feeding a deer some corn. It did slobber a little bit on my hand. And I ended up fetching 
touching my eyes and picking my nose. And I think that's maybe how I got it. The the second time I confirmed. You, confirmed you think you time. got it from a deer? No. Well, you, you hear that it is jumping species and deers have had it. Now, <laughs> I am kind of joking. I guess I'll never really know how I got it. But that is around the time that I did test positive. Did you contract COVID? It seems like now it's hard to find somebody that hasn't, especially yes. the last year. Right. Yes. I Actually, I work with someone who hasn't had it yet. She's She's been very careful and very lucky. I did get it. I went to a drag show. The same old story. It's the old story you always hear. You go to a drag show, you got COVID. No, I'm kidding. It was girls night. It was a lot of fun. I took off my mask because we ordered some food. That's where I think I went wrong that night. I got sloppy, ended up getting COVID. And I mean, it's bad enough to get it. I do feel really bad though, because I gave it to my husband, Chris, and he had just had it five weeks before and got oh, it wow. again. Oh, that wow. was bad. He, yeah, he had it twice in like two and a half, three months. So it hit him really hard. I felt really bad. I just want to say shout out Chris and Chris and I went to my first show, indoor show in spring 2022. We went to see a UK band at the Phoenix Concert Hall, Black Midi, and we N95'd it up and we went in and it was it was very surreal being back <laughs> out inside, but I felt very safe with my N95 mask. I didn't take it off for a drink. I didn't take it off for any food. That was me kind of coming out of the COVID lockdowns, finally going out. And there were definitely thousands of people in the auditorium that night. Then I went to a concert a couple weeks later in London at the London Student Music Hall. And I saw the Beaches Future Lovers Tour. And I got to tell you, it was fantastic. And my tickets for that kept getting put off and put off. And yes. half of my friends that were supposed to come with us couldn't go because they had they had COVID too. So it was interesting, but I was fully N95 masking going out and I felt a little bit safer. What did you do during the lockdowns? I don't even know how many we actually had, but March 2020, and then it seemed like every winter after that until this winter, we were kind of locked down or the schools were shut down. Do you have any special lockdown memories or what did you do during the lockdowns to keep your sanity? Well, that's a great question. So first I want to tell you that I am, I try to be a very independent thinker. So I follow lockdowns obviously but when they got lifted different times I didn't change anything I was doing because I'm like that doesn't seem like it makes sense and it seems like it's more about capitalism than anything else so I've never really stopped doing the things that I'm doing like masking inside and I'm usually the only idiot wearing a mask in well, first many of all, places you're not an, you're not an yeah. idiot but I also do notice that it seems there's still people wearing masks depending on where you go there's more some places than others. Yes, I was a uh, shout out to my optometrist, Insight Eye Care in Waterloo, because everybody was masked in that place on Friday when I went in. That's pretty cool. But let's talk about positive things. So what happened was really amazing for me, because I realized that suddenly I, I didn't want to just be stuck indoors. And I realized that outside is safer, way safer. Go anywhere, right? Go into a forest. Go, we have so many beautiful natural places that we can go. So I started walking. I started walking. I was on a like a walk every day kind of journey, taking the dogs sometimes by myself. I started 
doing things that I hadn't done for years that I always loved, like taking pictures out in nature. And I started sharing it, this stuff on social media and people that I was friends with for ages on whatever platform were telling me, oh my God, I love your nature photos. I love your walking stuff. It's so inspiring. So it kind of, I don't know, it just made me realize what a gift it was. I went places in the Waterloo region area that I have never seen before. And to me, this is the definition of bittersweet. You find a place that is so beautiful. That's the sweet part. And then the bitter part is, oh my God, I've lived 10 minutes away from this place, my whole stupid life here. And I haven't known about this place. Tons of walks along the Grand River, mostly. I just always tended to end up there. And just as an aside, I learned recently that a First Nations name for the Grand River is Willow River. Willow River? Yes. The translation. Miigwech. Yes. And then there's there's also a push now from people who want to rename Victoria Park because like that's like the world's most colonial name for the park to Willow River Park. So I now, I call it that, why wait for it to be officially changed? So I call it that. And then I'll say formerly known as Victoria Park. And why not honor that and respect that, right? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so that's new. And I love how you identified that you really connected with nature and you realized yes. it was much safer to be outside where you could still be six feet from people with less risk. I noticed the same thing in my life too. And I, I feel like I was kind of a bonfire guy with yes. friends before, but getting together with bonfires through every season, that really kept me going. And I, I also do feel... I have a much stronger relationship and connection now with creation and nature post-pandemic or mid-pandemic than I did pre-pandemic. One of the things I thought was interesting is how as the the further we went into the first two or three years of the the lockdown, there was this trend of inside-outside where everybody pretty much brought their inside kind of house feel to their outside, whether it was their garage their back deck or a gazebo. Yes. So there was a lot of TVs being moved outside. There was a lot of, it was almost like glamping outside. <laughs> and it's interesting how many people started having backyard bonfires with their neighbors and all those types of things. And I love how you identified that you found the cozy little natural public, public spaces around your house. It sounds like you wish you would have been visiting much sooner. Yes, 100%. It's interesting how people, it seems like there's a real trend that people are identifying the importance of nature Mm -hmm. and how the pandemic recombobulated their relationship with it. How did the pandemic impact your life as an artist, as a musician? So drumming really took a backseat. There were some times where I organized very random pop-up little drum jams. There was a spot near my house that you can see the sunset. It's very hard to see the sunset in KW. A good There's very few vantage points that I have found. And so I found this spot. It's like this parking lot <laughs> across from this industrial place. Anyway, yeah. So there was a couple of times that a few times I'm like, let's go to the sunset spot and drum. But mostly that was not happening. So I did do some drumming facilitation here and there. And did like even like a 
75 person circle where everyone was masked. It was always everyone masked, but it was very infrequent. Something that I started doing recently was getting back to some creative stuff, which is Zen doodling, Zen tangling, some people call it, where it's really like, it's like geometric art that you illustrate. It's like enhanced doodling. It's very sacred geometry. It could be like, you could do stuff like that. It's a lot of things are patterns that repeat. And there's something about it that just feels very good on my brain. For wellness? Yeah. Because I was finding that, yes, I was doing stuff outside, but I was probably spending too much time on my phone, too much time maybe watching Netflix. So this is like something creative with your mind. When we think about relaxing, Sometimes people think of totally, like I'll use a phrase, like vegging out where you're just watching a show, right? It's so passive though. And actually there's nothing like, so there's nothing wrong with that. But what our brains actually prefer is to do something that we are both interested in and something that makes you pay attention, but where you feel relaxed. and. You, this could be many different things for many different people. It could be knitting, crocheting, painting, gardening, forest bathing, forest bathing, bird watching, bird watching, owl prowling, <laughs> owl prowling. Yes, for sure. Meditation, yoga, things that when you look at the clock after doing it for a bit, you can't believe how much time has gone by because it just flew past. That's what our brains really love to do to recharge. And uh, so if you find something like that, and drumming is always that for me, for sure, because it's something that takes enough of our concentration that we cannot be thinking those anxious thoughts, right? We're very lucky here today on episode 96 of the Pandemic Show, stories of the pandemic for the people of the pandemic. No one's alone on the Pandemic Show. We're joined by Kat Van Groove. Kat is the leader of the Organic Groove Drum Collective. Kat, is that fair to call the Organic Groove a drum collective? (laughs) Yes, for sure, because we've had so many members come and go over the years. It started with Garima Harvey, local. Everybody knows Garima. Shout out, Garima. (laughs) Shout out to my drumming brother, Garima. We started... Our first Organic Groove gig was at the Vault in Uptown Waterloo. It actually used to be a bank. That's why it's called the Vault. Like they literally had a big vault in there. And what year was that? And I think that's at King. That was at King and Herb. Yes. Yeah. So what year was that? The first Organic Groove gathering at the Vault. No longer there in Uptown Mm. Waterloo. Honestly, I'm going to guess maybe 2002. 2000, so 20 years ago. Yeah. Now, I just want to say that I am, <laughs> as Kat will tell you, I am not a member of Organic Group, but I have been very lucky over the last 20 years that I have been at the same place at the same time <laughs> with my drum merrily beating along. Okay. You are the spirit of Organic Groove in human format. You are, you are, you are organic groove. You get it. Like you totally get it. So are you saying organic groove is a state of mind, like a euphoric, melodic, 
it's a vibe state of mind vibe <laughs> yes so well, and i owe you a big thank you because before i started attending your drum circles and grima has also been an inspiration and a wonderful teacher to me over the last 20 years as well as other members of the of the group because i didn't know much about drumming and I've just learned so much. Like, I like macaroni. I like cheese. <laughs> going fast, going slow, going around the circle, all the different types of activities and games you can play while you're drumming. I've been very fortunate to sit in on some of your workshops over the last several years at the Hillside Music Festival. And Kat is another one of our guests who is involved with the Hillside Music Festival, like friend of the show, George Elliott Clark and Mono Wales. What was it like after not getting to go to Hillside for so many years and then Hillside was back up last summer for the great reopening? Was that kind of like one of those moments like, wow, the pandemic really is somewhat behind us, even though COVID is still everywhere? Yeah, I mean, I was really glad that it was back. Our friend that we have in common, KLP, was coming to town. Yes. And she, you know, her husband, Johnny, and there was so many. It was like a family reunion, right? Suck, suck, Champa. He was there doing some work with KLP on the spoken word, the sun stage. Kevin Did a great performance. Judd Pigeon. When you... As a drummer and a leader in the drum community in Waterloo Region, when the pandemic happened, did you ever try drumming virtually? I wondered about that immediately, but the technology does not work. It's not that you couldn't do anything. You possibly could teach someone by showing and then they would play something, but you cannot play together because your sound cuts out. Or their yeah. sound cuts out. And there has been new software that's come out during the pandemic where people can hear each other. It's it's very expensive. It's new software. It's not affordable or mm. at the mass market stage yet. But that is something that we have to look forward to because technology has really moved as a result of this forced isolation. And it's interesting how some things are happening, but they're not at an economical point where there's a mass market yet for the types of technology. So you did not adapt to drumming by trying to drum online. Instead, you just physically distance or would get together drumming and would mask. Yes. Before the pandemic, though, I had already started winding some aspects because of organic grooves because organic groove was many things at one time, sometimes. So sometimes it was organic group, the performing group, and my group drumming classes, and all the work that I have been doing in the community with all the different types of groups that I would facilitate for, such as going to Grand Valley Institute for Women, the women's prison, and drumming, or drumming with the House of Friendship with people with alcohol or drug addictions in their rehabilitation programs. So a lot of stuff that kind of fell under a maybe social work type of category. I've been winding some of that down before the pandemic. They still struggle at times with is it cultural appropriation? Who can give me permission to say that I can do this? And although like I have always tried my best to be respectful when I teach and really tell people like that this is just one part of a very rich 
culture. Like even if we're learning a drumming rhythm, first of all, it's not my culture. Secondly, it's goes with drumming, dancing and singing. And thirdly, it could be sacred. It could be at a wedding. It could be a harvest festival. It could be. So they're getting something just so I tried to communicate as much as I could the context. But at the end of the day, I'm white and it's not my culture. And even though I know a million great uh, benefits of drumming, it's not my tradition, right? It's, and even though I've been doing it for many years, like I can give all the excuses and it's not to say not to do it, but I feel like teaching was the part that was really making me feel more and more uncomfortable as my awareness grew. There was one time, I will tell you, that we were invited to play, Organic Groove was invited to play at a multicultural festival in Oakville. And when we arrived without Garima, and that's just, that was our one member of our group who was African-Canadian, we're all white. They didn't even blink. This was years ago. But right then I knew that's a problem, right? What am I doing at a multicultural festival for people of the, the diaspora? Like, It's refreshing to hear somebody who's thinking about that and has it in their heart. I know the first sound that I ever heard, the first thing I ever heard was a beat. And it was my mother's beating heart when I was in the <laughs> womb. So I feel like making music is just an extension of what's already in our souls. Music is a medicine. And it's really helped people through the pandemic, especially during the lockdowns, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all this scientific data around how music helps people with dementia and Alzheimer's. And there's just so much positive Mm -hmm. to it. And it was such a big support for people during the pandemic. So are there health benefits surrounding drumming? Yes. Like so many health benefits and the benefits You'll benefit whether you even know about them or not. You don't have to try harder to get the benefits. You just have to participate. So it's a very tactile thing. So when we were talking about being able to drum, say, over Zoom, for sure, if that could work, of course, because you could reach people that are maybe homebound for whatever reason or in remote communities. But the ideal experience is is live and in person because it's not, sometimes we think of drumming as just what we're hearing, but I used to run some uh, arts and music workshops with kids at a place called PlaySense where there were kids of all different abilities who would come there. And I had, I was in one room with my drumming group and every time we were drumming and a little boy would arrive with his care worker who he was hearing impaired. He could not drag his support worker fast enough to get to us because he could feel it and it, wow. he felt it. And he was one of the greatest. Like, uh, I just got a chill thinking about it. <laughs> he taught me so much, right? Because I was like, yes, of course. We don't just hear it. We feel it. And these vibrations like there's so many aspects. So there's the benefits on your mind, because when you do things with both hands, you are helping synchronize your left and right hemispheres. When you do things in community with other people, healing benefits, 
when you're in close proximity with other people, our hearts are communicating. If you're within four feet of somebody, the your heart's electromagnetic vibrations and energy are literally communicating, right? That's amazing. Now <laughs> it's so good. I guess because we're virtually, we wouldn't have that same impact as when you're in the same room with somebody. Yes. Yeah, so some something that I always would tell, especially teenagers, young, younger people is social media is great, but the term social, don't let it fool you because it's not everything that you get from being with someone in person, right? Yeah. Use it to plan to get together with people too. You know, so many benefits of drumming. There's the moving your body, connecting both sides of your brain. There's being with the other people. Is there any other health benefits that people should be aware about and another reason to get on the drum? Yes. So you there's enhanced immune response, actually, among people who drum. There's meditative benefits because you cannot think anxious thoughts or guess what? You won't be playing with the group anymore. There's benefits to being in synchronicity with other people. Our Western culture is too focused on the individual, being independent, not needing anything from anyone. And capitalism ties into that. They say rich people don't have to be as nice because if they need to move from one house to the next, they can just hire movers. They don't have to be nice to friends that they, that they may need to say, can you help me move on Saturday, right? So we have to remember that just because capitalism says we don't need anybody else, we do need somebody else. Do you we think the pa- community. Do you think the pandemic has helped us understand some of the challenges of the current global economic model and hopefully change will come, which will lead us to a more equitable economics process, as well as a system that's more respectful of the earth and something that will help us walk gently on the earth. I think about how the the military industrial complex is just a cash cow. Mm. And it's basically about building things, paying top dollar for something that is just going to destroy things. Yeah. It's and not building. It's not. It's just destroying Yes. So I just, there's so many things to what you just said, like that's so on point. So one of the things I realized early in the, in the pandemic, when they, the news coming from like all the world health organization type of places was that it wasn't COVID wasn't airborne. And then when they said we should wear masks, it was cloth masks are fine. Well, it was cloth masks were never fine. Surgical masks were never fine, but we were supposed to reserve those for frontline workers. I get it. That's cool. But then there became this awareness of guess who else is a frontline worker? The kid who works at the grocery store. Yeah. And not just kids, like the people who work at grocery stores and restaurants and fast food places and coffee shops and stuff, gas stations, like places that were always open, making minimum wage, right? And they're risking their lives some in some cases. I remember thinking when we've had we had shortages for things like masks, like capitalism, you had one job. Supply and demand. Keep those, you know, there's a demand, so make the supply. But capitalism fails us all the time. We need to rely like know that we need to rely on each other. Yeah. 
community. And I, I think the pandemic, especially the first year or two, showed us the importance of community, showed us the importance of neighborhoods. I think a lot more people know their neighbors now and have connected mm-hmm. in a community level. I know, too, some people think that there's more community mobilization and community organization because people weren't able to travel. Yes. So as there was a downside, there was also a positive side. Now, a year ago, Ottawa was occupied at this time. There was a bit of division in society. But drumming, I feel like drumming and music, those are the things that now that we can gather are going to bring people together. They're going to allow us to have more civil conversations among people with different perspectives. And I think that's where the growth is going to happen. That's going to allow us as a larger community to, to maybe re-envision a new economic model, social model. Like we, it seemed like we were in so many pandemics pre-COVID pandemic with income inequality, environmental destruction and degradation, racism, early pandemic, the continued police brutality of black people in the States, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. Recently, we've just had another situation that's similar to that where a black man was murdered by the police. But this time, the police are being charged. So even in the last three years with some of these tough things, it seems like there is some progress. There is more of a collective understanding and a more there's more unity among the different people in our communities. It's interesting, though, I've everything you said, like I really what resonates to me is the pandemic. There's not just a pandemic of COVID. There's a pandemic of propaganda that is literally created. I, and I hate to compliment them, but geniuses because it's a disease as much as anything else, because people who are lonely are especially vulnerable. The stronger you feel that you have community, the less susceptible you are to believe things like vaccines don't work. That Russia is justified in their attack of Ukraine. Yes, there's so much. Climate change isn't real. That trans people are somehow dangerous to anyone when they themselves are far more likely to experience prejudice violence, and yeah. violence and all that. So that's a huge one. There, so Justice and equality for all. Yes. So here's a good thing that I learned during the pandemic, that things people always thought it would be really hard to change. We changed like that. We changed in an instant. I'll give you an example. March break will now be held in April. What? Like you can do that? Yes, because everything is a construct. So why don't we change things? Why do we pretend that, oh, no, you could never remove that statue of that racist, colonialist, blah, 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 from whatever. We could never rename the school. We could never, we could never, we could never, right? However, when you look at it from a capitalist perspective, let's look at the Hummingbird Center in Toronto. It was the Hummingbird Center. And then it was... Help me out here if you remember. It had like three different names. And now it's the Sony freaking Performing Center for the Arts. The naming rights were sold to the highest bidder. Right? Those same people will who argue against pronouns will willingly accept that the same place they've been going for years is now called something else. So I'm on board. Let's change the name of the Grand River. Let's rename Kitchener. Kitchener is named after an Irish, I don't know what the right word is, but he created, he was a a military evil person 
It was, it's terrible. I didn't even know. I thought it was a German name. I had no idea. I only learned this like about a year ago. Very complex. We're just so lucky that we have the music. We've got song, dance, your drumming, organic grooves drumming. And I think the music is going to help us navigate through to the future. And if we're ever looking at this pandemic in the rear view, what do you hope the world is like in after times? Kate? Van Groove. <laughs> I think a lot of awareness, like let's talk about Black Lives Matter for a second. It's Black History Month. The George Floyd murder that we all saw take place, let's call it what it is. That was right at the start. It was very early in the pandemic in the first few months. And throughout the two things have been happening at the same time. I think it's created a lot more awareness of how much money goes to places like police instead of mental health care social services the basic income experiments that were happened during the pandemic were extremely successful i think there's people are growing in awareness and i hope that continues and i hope it results in not just testing out basic income but giving it to everybody who freaking needs it. Good point. Reimagining a world based on equality and justice for all, using using concepts that are already out there, like universal basic income, where everyone will get a stipend to help them meet their most basic living expenses. I mean, some people are in denial, but are, we are in a subsidy-based system. And it appears right now that we're in an era where all the subsidies are going to major corporations. Mm. So it seems like the pandemic demonstrated that too with the initial pandemic stimulus. A lot went to corporations. And I think of the, the corporations that failed our seniors in long-term care. And that money, mm. instead of going to care for the seniors that were dying, went to pay dividends to the wealthiest. So we do need to get some more drumming happening in just music making, I should say, community music, let's say, because people need that. We need to connect with other people. I saw a tweet the other day that was saying, you know, there was a person um, who was in palliative care in the hospital, their family visited, but the family wasn't, they didn't want to wear masks. Okay. So selfish. Yeah. They need to wear masks. But the one when the story expanded further, the nurse said they actually were wearing masks, but they took them off because they wanted to kiss their loved one goodbye. Oh, and that's beautiful. Do you know what I mean? We have yeah. to realize that at the heart of some of this, not the stupid propaganda, not all the pretending the pandemic's not happening, whatever. We need to connect with people. And if your loved one is dying, you yep. might want to take your mask off and give them a kiss. You Compassion, know? empathy. Yes. Yeah. So we can't lose sight of that. And there's so much division right now. And I am not a both sides person. To, you can have one person thinks Nazis are cool. And the other person is Nazis a, are not cool. Yeah, right. But if some if you said person A is a Black Lives Matter uh supporter or ally and the other person thinks Nazis are cool, that's not two sides of the same coin. That's not equal. Let's give each person equal airtime, right? Oh yeah, we we, we hate doesn't need airtime. Right. It doesn't mean we shouldn't try to understand each other or anything, but you literally have to protect yourself from hearing. Don't go on deep dives on the internet to try to understand Nazism. We know what it is. You don't want that stuff is dangerous, honestly. And it plays on people's most base fear, selfishness, 
self-preservation and you don't need it. You know Kat, it already. Kat Van Group, thank you for joining us here today <laughs> on the Pandemic Show. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's so great to talk to you. I love what you're doing with this show. Thanks for listening to the Pandemic Show. We're all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Physically distance with us at pandemishow.com. Be a part of our community by subscribing to and sharing the Pandemic Show. Thanks for taking a minute to email an episode, share a link, or promote us on social media. Pandemic Show is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Stories from the Pandemic for the people of the Pandemic. Do you have an interesting Pandemic story and want to share? Email us at pandemishow at gmail.com. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Giant Value for singing us in and letting us know everything is going to be all right. No one is alone at the Pandemic Show.